Hello and welcome to MiceCast with your hosts Greg, Mike, and Shaft. Hello. Yes. Hello. Once again. Hello. Okay, so, again. Uh, uh, since no one else is taking it. Uh, well, okay, okay. you're the push, one. You're the one holding push. all the mail. I no, I'm good. I was saying, push the button to Richard. He's like hacking all over the microphone. Oh. Well, you know, I'm sitting here waiting for. I can't like push. A, I can't push his mute button. So, so that's an excuse to hack. Okay, we're gonna get into some mail. See where that takes us, because we have not planned anything for the show. Eh, well, as usual, well, I haven't planned anything, but yeah, nothing we don't is, ever plan anything for the show. Nothing has come up. Well. Sometimes we can at least say, what are we going to talk about? Somebody's got an idea. We have none. So here we go. Uh, this one came in actually quite a while ago. It was back in June. It uh, is from our friend Jenny in Canada. It says, hi, Greg. Just wanted to say that I'm a huge fan of the show. Probably, I'm probably your only female Canadian fan. I live in Vancouver. At least willing to admit it, right? That's true. Well, welcome. welcome. She's the only... I talked to some Canadian females that are podcasters. But I don't know if they listen to our show. So she is probably our only Canadian fan. So welcome. Well, even if they listen to the show, would they be considered fans nonetheless? Thanks for listening. Yes. <laughs> let's, just, <laughs> let's, just, let's just say that. I'm finally taking the time to email you after listening to the show for a couple of years to ask you, what's your beef with Laughing Place? Every once in a while, you rag on them during your rants about Al Lutz and Paul Berry, who seems like a weird frenemy of yours. Which You can't say it, can you? Uh, frenemy? Frenemy, uh, there you go. All right. Which I can understand. But you seem to mix Laughing Place in your tirades here and there, and I'm just not sure why. I think they are pretty reputable. They have a good site, and they actually get access to a lot of press events and other insider-type stuff that most other podcasts don't ever get a chance to cover. So what's the problem? I wish he would have wrote, what's the beef? Or where's the beef? That would have been funnier. She's probably not old enough to remember that. I wonder if I can find that soundbite. That would be great. And really, for that matter, why do you consider your sources to be superior to all other unofficial Disney podcasts? Once again, I love the show. Don't ever stop berating Shaft. Cheers, Jenny. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) It's a good thing she used the word berating and, you know, nothing that can be mixed up with, like, writing or... Sure, yeah, yeah, that would not... Yeah, well, since he already got his name Shaft by... You know, liking the ride to Shaft. Yeah, we wouldn't want to mix that up with anything. Um, let's see. Why do you consider your sources to be superior to all other unofficial podcasts? What, I don't know. Wait, I, what, wait. What is your source? Let's start with that. Well, I don't want to say the source's name unless he wanted to come on oh, and say Oh, okay, source. okay. You're talking about uh, that source. I thought you were just going to, like, quote your my experience source. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, there's that. I've... I would say I've got three sources right now that I would consider having inside information. Not, who once worked or still who work at you know with Disney somewhere. Not, Actually, make that four. Not including our co-host here, right? Well, that would be the four. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that could be just exponentially if I consider everybody I still know who works there, but I'm not going that far. Um, and when she wrote this, I you know I don't know you know in what context she was. Speaking of necessarily that, um, but you know, it could be like, you know, sometimes Shaft and I, we, we hear one of these rumors and either we were there or he was there or we know that that's just not true. So it seems to be that rumor mill stuff, right? So the, the outlet stuff, if you will, sometimes that you wonder where he gets it. Sometimes it ends up being true. Sometimes it's not. He's well, you, you even mentioned that uh, book by uh, Koenig. Um, behind the uh, 
walls of the Magic Kingdom were was something that you were directly involved in, and you were saying how wrong he was on this part. He was wrong on that part. He was there because he's getting it from various yeah, different that, sources. That just they're they're going with the rumor mill. Yeah, that wasn't the name of the book, but we know what you mean. Um, hey, as long as you know what I mean, that's all I care about. Well, we I, the other night in class we got berated for you know making sure our you know, we're accurate. Our sources are accurate. We don't slander or what was the other one? Slander or so in fact, I need to look them up to find out what the difference. Oh, Vilify. libel. No, libel or slander anybody because uh, okay. when you're broadcasting, unlike uh, let's say websites and or cable where they're not held to the same sta- um, air quoting standards as broadcasting. You know, you got to be careful all those things. But whatever. Uh, now, the reason I think sometimes Laughing Place gets mixed in, and I, I, I believe I wrote her this. I'd have to look up my re- You know, why don't I look up my response? Because I did yeah. send her a response. Um, I believe uh, part of the reason is based on their original podcast. Yeah. You remember that one? Yes. They were, well, you know, in doing research before starting up MiceCast, I was trying to grab all the multi-host discussion type Disney podcasts are out there and I listen to Laughing Place I listen to WDW Today and I listen to uh, when Nathan and uh, Lou Mangello were still together what did they call their show you know I can't, I can't remember that And uh, the other day I was talking to somebody at Disney and something came up about podcasting and how I knew Ryan blah 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 and he asked about that show too. Whatever happened to those guys? They were much better when they were together than when they're separate. I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. I haven't heard that before. So, but um, so yeah, no, I listen to all those guys, and then but the early laughing place video, or I mean, a uh, podcast was horrible, beyond horrible. I mean, it was bad. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, no, they. I mean, throwing the this sound effect right every time they said the word splash. Yeah, I, water they, effects. They and all did that. a water effect. <laughs> And it's, it's, it, it was cheesy. It was like it was, it was like the equivalent of someone who just discovered PowerPoint and using every single transition between every slide they did on PowerPoint <laughs> is what yeah, it was like. Use a different one every time, right? Or it almost reminded me of two snaps in a circle too. Oh, nasty! In living color, yes, I get the reference. I wasn't sure Mike did. I say, I, say, I missed the reference. Say it again. Two snaps in a circle. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Well, two guys on film, right? Wasn't that the yeah. name of the- <laughs> <laughs> um, Now, the website, you know, I've heard a lot about, uh, is it Doobie or Doogie? I forgot the guy's name now. Uh, I guess he was out here in California. He's moved to Florida. He, if they, I don't know if they still do because I never go to their website. He offers, like, shopping services. You know, go, I, I can go buy you this. Uh, and, and I'm not really sure how the markup works, but you know, I, you know, the guy is he using his annual pass to get a discount, then mark it up. That would be, that would probably not be within the, um, I'd say the guidelines of the pass. But I don't know that he does that. But you know, if if you're from you know the Midwest, flyover country, and you never have a chance to go, or from Canada, and you forgot to buy something, you want somebody to go do it. I guess that service would be great, and you're willing to pay for it. Uh, you know, if everything he's doing is on the up and up, great, fine. If you like that, that that's good. Um, but as far as a lot of insider information, I don't know. He, you know, some of the people who have kind of mined their contacts to the point of what they want to be pressed, and they get invited to some events. More power to them. That's just not been our show. And no, 
you know, I'm not chasing that. And I know there's a whole hierarchy of Disney to get in there. You know, their uh, their graces for press contact and you know has to do with like you know printed on air blah blah you know on and on and on. Yeah, so, you know it's, what Disney considers you know valid. Right, and podcasters are pretty much at the bottom. Uh, uh, they're way down there with amoebas and, and you know, <laughs> amoebas. But anyways, here's what I wrote. I said, uh, thanks for writing. You're definitely the only Canadian who has written in for sure. I don't remember the last time we mentioned Laughing Place, but let me try to give you a frame of reference. I'm not sure how long you have been listening to MiceCast, so forgive me if I say something you already know. Usually when Mike and I make fun of Laughing Place is because years ago when we were researching podcasting, we wanted to make sure that we were not going to be doing something like everyone else. This was about five years ago. At the time, Laughing Place had a podcast I'll try to be nice. It was <laughs> terrible, all caps. At the time, I also looked around their website. I believe uh, they did and still may offer a shopping service. They could pick uh, things up for you at Disneyland. They also had a marketplace with items that you could purchase. They seemed to charge reasonable, if not the same prices that the park offered. This led me to believe that they were using annual pass discounts to offer such prices. That would be a violation of the annual pass policies, in my opinion. The other thing that caught my eye was the items they were offering as no longer available in the parks. I would visit or call friends who worked at the park and find that the items still to be available for sale in the parks. <laughs> I will admit my info is old. I also understand that Doobie, I believe that's the guy in charge over there, or at least used to be, is a fairly respected in the Disney community. But again, so was Outlets and Kevin Yee uh, to many. That's where I'm coming from. I hope it clears up why we might poke fun at Laughing Place. If you have any other questions, please write. Thanks again for listening and asking this question, Greg. And so, again, that you know that information is old, and I'm not saying that he is violating uh, the policy or using his discount and you know doing all that. I'm just saying that... It's uh, just a thought. Know, can... It's a thought because some of the prices seem like the price you would have paid in the park. So, in that sense, why didn't you just go directly to Disney? Because I believe they offer the ability to pretty much purchase anything sure. they sell. Uh, but anyways, that, that, that was my, uh, my thoughts back then and not too different than my thoughts now. You know, I laugh in place for whatever reason never really caught my fancy or caught my eye as being a place I wanted to hang out. Are they at. still around? Yeah, I believe so. Huh. Cause he, he, I say, I think he moved his operation to Florida. Uh, that, which seems to be the, um, modus operandi for, seems like a lot of groups have, uh, move their well, they want to be it, close to the match. Well, I also get the impression that Florida is a little more open to fan-generated content or whatnot. Well, how how do you mean? How do I get that impression? No, how do you mean Florida is more open to that? The Florida, okay, the the explore your thoughts. Okay, I'll explore my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> the you know the theme park operation in Orlando, Florida. It seems more open, and I get that impression by how easy it was, or it seems easy for, say, Lou Mangello and Ricky to fire up some sort of multi-media uh, conglomeration of you know print and podcasting to live off of. They go there all the time. They're known, you know, they get so invited are you, are you, to. Are you saying this wouldn't happen here at Disneyland? Or could not happen here at Disneyland. I don't. I don't want to say could not because you never know. But I. Or, or maybe there's more going on out there with multiple parks and the big resort. That I think it, it's easier to lose sight of what those guys are doing because they got too much going on. 
But you know, there's a lot of things you can do on property there that since you're not in a park, for instance, you can, you can meet at downtown Disney. Sure. And it doesn't stand out quite as much as maybe downtown Disney or, here. Or a resort. Or resort. There's a lot of ways you can do huge meetups, have a lot of equipment there, let's say in a, in a room, in a, in a timeshare, and not stand out quite like it doesn't. Yeah, I just came across some somebody, some podcast out there, or you know, new media crew hooked up with it. The, they did a treehouse meet. They rented a treehouse, you know, the, the re- newly resurrected treehouse. Sure. And sure. they did a fan thing there so well there's no reason you know if we wanted to rent out a suite at grand california and had a meet we couldn't or you know or <laughs> yeah, uh, we're independently you know, wealthy yeah sure sure or you know house of blues i mean we could do that if we had the funds or had the amount of people who wanted to buy into tickets at an event such as that i mean it's possible um like my my uh my instructor sent me an email the other day for a TriCaster. I'm like, yeah, I, dude, I know. I, I, I would love to have a TriCaster. But I was talking we, to a friend of mine. Just but we, we couldn't get one. a TriCaster in the gate. What's a TriCaster? Uh, TriCaster gives you the ability to do a live it's, broadcast. It it's, it's, goes over the internet. TriCaster TriCaster is a software driven uh, video switcher. Very, it's a. Well, it's a not software driven. It's 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 a box and a switcher combined. It's 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 right. it's software driven. The original TriCaster is. We we saw the TriCaster at NAB and we threw our card in. It's a box. Right. A, no, no. It's it's software driven. You can buy those extra peripherals as extras, but you can also run it straight off of a computer. Portable too. live production, huh? And how much are these things? Um, Big money. They're telling you you can save two grand on a purchase. So if you're going to save two grand, I think it's around the eight grand level. The soft wow. the software is about thirty seven hundred. Once you get the actual box with the switcher and the uh, cable box and everything else, the peripherals, you're looking at about eleven thousand oh. dollars. A friend of mine just got. One. Okay, here we go. Well, as I one just now, sent you the email. Starting with I, pricing at forty nine ninety five for education. So, you know, if you're a school, you can get one for cheap. Yeah, see, a school doesn't really need... Well, you know, like our school already has, you know, full switchers and... Um, wow, look at know, this thing. Okay, so it's got... That stuff, so... What has it got on here? Uh, it's gonna, nice. It has built-in graphics. It, it can do a three-camera plus uh, playback coming in. It can run SDI or... Uh, all right, so small enough fit a backpack, uh, live phone. virtual sets... Uh, live stream project rec- project and record your show um, and small footprint I'm just there's pictures of them here and I see you know shitload of inputs see you need to go to one of the NABs with us Mike yeah <laughs> speaking of did you get your stuff turned in for CES no I'm not going to CES bums I swear not going yeah sorry I'm not sure I can, you know, I don't have five weeks off a year to play like that. Oh, my gosh. All right. So here's, I just clicked on one. Yeah, $25,000. Full standard price, $28,000. HD portable live production. And it looks like it's, it looks like it's got to hook up to a computer or some sort of monitor because the way it's. Yeah, I I think, I think uh, Shaft is correct. There is a, um, 
House of Worships is one of their setups, by the way. They've, they've got one made for like churches and such. Uh, there is the software interface uh, for this. So Eight simultaneous inputs. Combination of HD, SDI, HD component, SD, SDI, SD component, BNC, composite. I think what oh, it's going to wow. get down to is most computers aren't set up to have the ability to take all those live feeds. No. So you're going to need... Well, you're, yeah, you still need the, the box, box to be able yes. to bring in the SDI, the uh, uh, component, composite, etc. But then there's also another one that actually has a physical switching board yeah, that has the buttons that you, can, that you can also buy. Or you can have, a, you have the setup on your, on your display, your screen display, like on a laptop, and you can you know, run your mouse and run it that way, but you can actually buy the board too. So, it, you know, it, when we were joking about it, because when I was talking to a friend, because you go there and they say, oh yeah, under $4,000 and you can have all this. Well, under $4,000 is the software. To be able to get the rest of it to work the way you would like it, you have to buy all these external components, and then you're going up into the you know tens of thousands of dollars on that. Yeah, from what I'm seeing, most people don't use the switcher to toggle necessarily. They just you can switch it over to a button that's already has a fixed timing, so everything looks the same, and you don't actually move that bar up and down. You just hit the button, goes to the next bus. Hit the button, goes to the next bus. Uh, so the bars, you know, sliding that bar up and down. But, kind of obsolete though some people still like to play with it <laughs> the bar well the bar comes in handy now and then it, it, when you need to manually actually especially when you're trying to do like a, a split screen and you're trying to split the, it's not going to be exact 50 50 um yeah split screen is one handy. of those few times where it's when probably you know useful Short or, of that, it's it's not when always. Doing, when you're doing picture in picture, it comes in handy at times. But yeah, you're right. Uh, most of the time, you're just using a, t a toggle button where you have the uh, uh, your cuts and your transition rates already programmed in. I, I want to say that uh, you know that T bar that you'd pull helped make sure that the picture was synchronized. Because a lot of you know in the older older equipment, you push the button and it would you'd get a, a frame roll as the picture synchronized when it popped sources. I dealt with this problem. Well, you, you, with the whole purpose of a gener uh, of the uh, switcher is you're getting a timing generator from already from your camera, it. yes. But sometimes well, from the generally it's from it could come from a camera, but generally it's from an external source, and it's taking it's taking the uh, video feed coming in from your cameras and your other sources, and it's putting its own timing into it so that it has it's already timing the pictures according to its. No, I don't want to say internal clock because the switcher I'm hooking, I just had a hookup where you're using an uh, external uh, timing generator plugged into it. So, but it, 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 yeah, it does sync it up. But the, yeah, the bar is just there to be, to uh, make it handy when you're trying to manually override something on it. All right, moving uh, Okay. <laughs> I gotta hear this at school four nights a week. I don't need to hear it again. Yeah, sure you do. <laughs> you know it helps with the. I found a. I found a YouTube of the Where This a Beef. If you want to hear it. Oh. <laughs> sure. Why not? We know it's a big fluffy Talk bun. Talk to the manager. It is the manager. Where's the beef? He's putting us on. <laughs> okay, well, that that only makes us one step above the old laughing place now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh jeez. Well, if I had time All to, right. you know, isolate just where's the beef. All right, so here's another one. I don't know if we've done this one. If we have, then maybe we'll revisit it. Um, actually, no. Before I do this, I want to get up 
to one that actually came into to my email at IMW, but since the last show I did was a video show and I need to plan another show, I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, that's going f- to just fine, keep it for yourself. Move on to the next one. Uh, uh, I, no, no, I'm not going to keep it for myself because it's got something that I, I have a thought on for this show. Oh, okay. Well, then share. So I got to go to TDS last night after work. What's they TD- have a... Um, uh, Tokyo Disney. C. Okay. Okay. They have an after six pass that gets you in for four hours. The park always closes at 10 p.m. so people can make the trains. A different problem than they have here in the U.S. Oh, excuse me. I mostly went to see the shows because I expect to get back to TDS on Friday and I've been on all the rides before. The shows were nothing great. They had a special Halloween show that you had to win the lottery to see. Since I won the lottery, I went to it. Wait, what do you mean by lottery? Do you do a park lottery to let you in? or? Yeah, it's, yeah. Kind, of, it's kind of like a fast pass, but it's, it, think of fast pass, but it's a lottery. So yeah, I guess you put your name or slide, you know, uh, I'm not sure if you, you um, to use your ticket media, scan I'm sure. your card and, and then somehow you're notified you win. So I, I don't know, but it's a lottery and I've heard this before. So uh, nothing new there. Uh, okay. So since I won the lottery, I went to it. I wish I had lost. <laughs> hey, what's the show? What's the show? Well, Bravissimo? Oh, okay. No, 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 no. If you'd listen. Oh, that's right. Halloween. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. I did listen. Be, it just... Don't be shaft. Okay. Uh, hey, sec- nice sec- <laughs> second prize would have had the second prize would have would be having to see the show twice. It's a typical shuffle and wave show, but with a masquerade theme. A lot of screaming in Japanese. By and large, the shows in Tokyo are not in my humble opinion, very good. They're often done in a mixture of English and Japanese, which is pro- which probably doesn't help. The fireworks are set off between TDS and TDL, and it's, by today's standards, short and not much. I've never gotten, I have never gotten a Bravmisio, that's the one you were mentioning. They have this fire tower and watership that goes back and forth to music. I find it hard to be emotionally involved. They are supposedly about to replace it with a new version of Fantasmic, so going to the shows were a bit of a bust. Once the shows were over, I went on Journey to the Center of the Earth twice and Indiana Jones once. I came away with a new appreciation for Journey to the Center of the Earth. The queue is much better than I remember it being. Perhaps in the past I was too focused focused on getting onto the ride part of the attraction. This is just an amazing amount of detail in the queue, much more than, say, Indiana Jones at Disneyland. There are so much rock work and props. Little details like drill marks in the rocks. It's a double queue similar to Tower of Terror, and both queues are full of details. The ride part is still is just okay. It's basically test track vehicles dressed differently. They have a slow part, most of the attraction, which is a dark ride with mostly very simple effects, followed by a very short time when they accelerate you to high speeds with a couple of drops. Carl. Uh, Carl's the electrical engineer, you know, the old youngest TI guy and all that. Uh, so so not, not impressed with the Halloween water show. At- not, not impressed with the, their shows in general, which, is, you know, we, we, we have... You know, we, for the last five years, we've been putting up with Florida shills. And a lot of people think we're California, sh- you know, yes. shills. And I think there's a new class of some of our ex-Florida shills who have become Asian shills. Mostly 
Japanese shills. Asian shills, nice. Uh, so, and I've given some opposing opinions to, based on other people telling me on uh, Paris and on Tokyo, and I get nothing but berated by our new shills saying these guys have no idea what they're talking about, which I find interesting. I, I almost feel like they went to a park that is just kept so clean and reminds them maybe of you know Disneyland in the 70s, though they probably weren't old enough to actually have seen it in the 70s, or, but they have this idea of maybe what it was like, um, that they might look past some of the, okay, it's not so great, or they're just so you know, wound up. I think like I used to be when I was uh, very young and went to Florida. It's like, it was so big. It was just so cool. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And you go back and then you start, as you get older, you start to see the shortcomings of it, you know? So that's the only reason I really wanted to read the email is other than our two uh, Tokyo shills, I was, I'm hearing less and less or more and more from people who think less and less of the parks saying they're, they're good, but they're not, as good as everybody's making them out to be, you know, I still want to see them. Definitely <laughs> want to see all the parks someday. Uh, but anyways, that's, that's the only reason I wanted to read that email. Cause uh, with our new shills out there, the thing, and it's the, the greatest thing in the world. Well, you know, but their, their stance on why it's the greatest thing in the world is because, you know, Oriental land company spends money. Unlike. Well, yeah. Oh, I, I realize that, but you know, here's a guy that's saying, yeah, the rock work and all that, that's, that, crap was great but the ride was so-so you know what i'm saying so yeah. i'm trying, trying to keep all that perspective oh the show was so-so now he's, he's saying he hasn't seen Bermisi or whatever they, they call it but I'm, what i'm hearing from some of the other ones is their shows are so great and now i'm hearing some other ones saying they're okay wait i okay i haven't heard a whole lot about the shows being great i've heard about the theming being great and i still think this is all based off of maps of course that and I've always thought this since Tokyo Disneyland opened, that park is arranged oddly, and maybe it's a cultural thing. It's just it's like they tried to take the best of Disneyland and Magic Kingdom, and make a new Magic Kingdom with some, you know, mixing some areas up. It just seems oddly arranged. Uh, yeah, it's kind of elliptical, right? Or like a not a, yeah, it's kind of like a squished oval. Well, it's not that, but it's like the relationship to. Uh, like where Pirates is, I'd have to get a map out to see what's you know what it sees. But uh, where the mansion is to Small World. Now over time, other things have gone in to kind of separate some of those. But in the you know the first ten fifteen years, they just seem like to have odd you know link ups and and visual sites. And they're 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 I don't know. It just you know just seemed odd. I've never been on the ground there. Um, they're Tomorrowland seems a lot like Florida's open and vast, not a lot of detail, but you know it's got that kind of '70s look at what the future might look like. You know, a lot of white concrete and you know clean and all that, but not a lot of substance. <laughs> anyway, clean white know. concrete. <laughs> not not you know again not having been there, it's it's only based on photographs and maps. Yeah, well we've we're, you're right about the the. People of okay, no one trying. We're trying not to name names, right? But I, I yeah. think I think that um, the the part of the people that go to Tokyo and are and think the you know the park is the best or not are also 
people that enjoy the whole culture, the culture as a whole, you know, the culture as a whole yeah, kind of speaks to them. Because you know that, has, that has come up in usually their descriptions and how, um, yes, yes, I, I, I would, I would say that is true. So I, which, which, you know, begs the next thought, would they be as enamored of it if that whole thing was picked up and dropped in Florida or dropped, you know, somewhere here in the United States, you know, where the, where the cultural aspect of the park is removed and everything else stays the same. The yeah, theming, be, the rides, that, the shows. Okay, for, forget Florida. Let's say they picked up Tokyo Disneyland and they put it in Nebraska, put a Midwest park in. Would that park, as it sits today, stand up compared to Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom in Florida? I don't think so. It's my personal opinion. Now, <laughs> Tokyo Seas, I think that could stand alone on either coast in connection with either resort from what I've seen in photographs. Now, some of the people have told me that some of the attractions aren't that great. They, they kind of draw you in. They've got a lot of great theming, but okay, it's an okay attraction. So I, I don't know. I, I would really like to experience it for myself and seeing if, you know, the artist guy is just too picky or are the other ones who like the culture, you know, too lenient. Uh, you know, same with Paris. I'd like to see it for myself because I've got opposing views on um, that park. And one, I think, is partly because the comparison to, you know, Mr. Clean in, in Tokyo to, you know, the French. <laughs> yeah. You know, funny enough, I watched a video today. One of one of our listeners, um, the guy that does the um, singing telegrams, yeah, he, okay, he posted a thing about uh, was it religious freedom or religious freedom just for them, and it was about the problem, the growing problem in Paris with Islam. Oh, the the yeah, they're outlawed burqas, right? Well, no, that, they hadn't even got to that point yet. This was just the point where they've, they're high in private security. They block off streets for hours for their prayers. You're not allowed to go in or out of the area, or in or out of your homes. Uh, that is against the law because uh, religious freedom in France means you practice it in your house or in your church. You right. don't practice it in public or on the streets. Uh, so that goes against uh, French law. And, of course, one of the interviewers interviewed a girl, and she's like, you know, well, Islam, you know, we believe what is in Islam and what's in the Koran, and that's all that matters. No one else has authority over us. I'm like, Ugh. See, that's, you know, that's where that kind of, for me, crosses the line where England's already done this. They'll, I, I, if I remember right, they recognize sh uh, Sharia law, so there's like two court systems. Like, ew, there's a slippery slope. You want to come live in a country that has a, a system of laws, you need to list, you know, live up to that system of laws, not come and bring your own and say we have to have our own separate. But that's another show. Which, but, yeah. you know. which, is, which is funny because I do remember reading something that was a uh, out of the uh, Quran is something very similar to out of the Bible of uh, give uh, Caesar what's unto Caesar and give God what's unto God. You know, you it's fine to live with the church and everything, but you still got to follow the uh, rule of the land too. Yeah. Richard, our, our Islam Quran's. Well, you know, who knows? I, I, I actually, you know, he, actually, read the you know that's a Christian. Actually, that's a Christian. Well, no, I know it is, but he is saying that's in the Quran too. Is it? 
Yeah, I remember when I was reading up on some of the stuff. Yeah, it. I, I read a couple books on the Quran. I haven't, ha- don't have a current copy of it, or a copy of the Quran. <laughs> I was going to say, is there a non-current say, copy of the Quran? <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the New American Standard Quran. Uh, um, no, but I but I was reading a couple books on on it, and they were okay. Uh, moving moving on because I think we already said that's another show. Uh, okay. I love the show, exclamation, 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 to infinity. Uh, nice. You have no idea how much I appreciate... Oh, I'm sorry. That's an IMW email. Sorry. Oh, well, go ahead. You know, maybe, oh, maybe it'll bring up I've, something to talk about. Yeah, now that I've started, okay. Yeah. How much I appreciate what you do and how you do it when I'm at work. All I do is listen to hours of your shows. That could just be two because they're usually about an hour long. Uh, I have listened <laughs> to every episode at least twice. Don't think I'm a freak or anything, but I love Disneyland and I love your show and how your show talks about the stuff I want to hear. Keep up the great work and I can't wait for your next episode. So, no, I don't think that's going to give us anything to talk about here, but let me get back into Mike's cast mail. Sorry about that. Whore. Uh, Whore. (laughs) Don't call me a whore. Funny how that works out. You're a a brown person, aren't you? You know the but what? No, no, don't go to, don't go there. No, don't, don't go down into the politic pit hole. But um, it was a great article in today's register. What are you talking about? It. A brown person? You you haven't heard that Brown called Brown what or a, someone in his camp? Of his called, camp. Shush! I'm talking there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> he called somebody. You know, like the police protective league hung up. You could hear it clink, but he probably still had it on speakerphone. The conversation kept recording. And whore, the word whore was used in reference to her twice. Meg Whitman? Yes. Meg when they thought they were off the phone. But moving on. All right. This was from uh, Grant from Flyover Country. I must have missed when you record. It would be great to finally be able to yell at my iPod and have you guys hear it. Yeah. By the way, I'm currently listening to Hidden Jim's episode, and it is quite fascinating to find out what Disney thinks about the fan community. I'd be quite interested to find out if every source differently, if if they, oh, I think he dropped the word, if they view every source, I'm throwing that in, that, you know, bracket. Well, sometimes, you know, in the in the you know news gathering world, you have to take the bad English and grammar of whoever you're put, talking yeah, to and fix put, it for them, right? Put that bracket right. in. That's right. Uh, they, uh, they view every source differently, such as Lou Mangiello versus Mice Chat, etc. Or if everyone is lumped into one category. <laughs> it would also be interesting from a business standpoint to find out how or if they are leveraging the information on the news media, new media sources to discover how everyone views the company. I had thought that one reason D23 came into being was an attempt to make their own fan community so they could monitor their most outspoken brand ambassadors more closely. I wonder if this is actually the case. It would be very interesting to see what your contact or you guys have to say about this. Also, I'm curious if they use D23 events as laboratories to find out what resonates with people. This could explain in part why Jim Hill... In, in brackets or parentheses, who even many other Disney new media people referred to with some amount of disdain, uh, yes. which is true, was able or, or was asked to speak. There was a few of us who have been asking that question. Perhaps they want to find out how people reacted to his being with him was received. Interesting, interesting. Also granted with him was received. To know that I pray for your search, it must be extremely difficult uh, staring down, trying to figure out 
uh, out a way to keep your house and all you've worked for. Sincerely, Grant from Flyover Country. So he, uh, he has a lot in there. All right, I have bad news for you. What's that? Somewhere in the middle of you reading that, the recording you, stopped. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Seriously, I just flipped over to the, <laughs> to the recording window, and it, and it, it was the, the bar is still moving, but it wasn't recording. So, Well, if you're willing to do editing, you can just start it over. I Yeah, I started I've started it over. No, I mean I've, I could start the whole thing over. Yeah, go ahead. Start okay. the start the letter over. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to read for the second time, which sometimes is the better time. Uh yeah, an that, email because, yeah, because the recording stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so um the sound engineer wasn't quite paying attention. I, I, I don't know, I must have clicked hit the space bar by accident or something. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, see, and then we got that extra color commentary to go with it. Yes. Yeah, so, oh yeah, it that that is some you know, great commentary that we just couldn't have lived without. All right. I must have missed when you record. It would be great to finally be able to yell at my iPod and have you guys hear it. I think he's referring to our uh, sometimes Ustream Streaming, shows. Yeah. By the way, I'm currently listening to Hidden Gems episode, and it's quite fascinating to find out what Disney thinks of the fan community. I'd be quite interested to find out if every if they view every source differently, such as Lumon Jallo versus Mice Chat, or if everyone is lumped into one category. It would also be interesting from a business standpoint to find out how or if they are leveraging the information on the new media sources to sources to discover how everyone views the company. I had thought that one reason D23 came into being was an attempt to make their own fan community so they could monitor their monitor their most outspoken brand ambassadors more closely. I wonder if this is actually the case. It would have been very interesting to see what your contact or you guys have to say on this. I'm also curious if they use D23 events as laboratories to find out what resonates with people. This could explain in part why Jim Hill, who even many other Disney new media people refer to with some amount of disdain, was asked to speak. We all want to know that one, too. Perhaps they want to find out how people reacted to him being on an, official, on an official event or how fake information they planted with him is received. That's interesting. Uh, also, Greg, you often refer to other new media Disney or other new media Disney focused outlets as sucking or blowing pixie dust. Quite honestly, there seems to be a pretty even mix. My chat seems to be pretty critical of Disney, although, as you said, often misguided, especially your favorites, Kevin Yee and David Conan. Also, while Lou Mangiello has nothing but the highest praise for Disney, he seems to have a he seems to have good information, especially with Jim Corcus, a former Imagineer whom he often tours the park with. This, I believe, is one of the great and interesting things of the greater unofficial Disney community. There are all types of people with all types of knowledge and all types of access who all have different things to say about Disney. Some are clearly better than others, but it is important to keep in mind that they all have different audiences with different pixie dust tolerances. Some like wild misguided missives that steamroll right over reason and sane thought. Others mainline others mainline pixie dust just to keep the magic <laughs> alive at, at home. That's great, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, others just want to know what's going on behind the scenes. Not everyone wants the same thing. Uh, I won't go into the good luck with my job and the details of that, but um, <laughs> sincerely, Grant from Flyover Country. All right, so he had lots of questions there. Uh, yeah, the D23 yeah, the D23 question. All right. Yes, it was when they uh, had their big splash, you know, the big media splash, they they went out and got <laughs> new media people to 
hear the conference call, did they not? Uh, yeah, yeah, one of my yeah. former podcasts yeah. was on that call. So, you know, yes, they positioned it as D23 is the new online community for you know Disney fans, and it's the official online community for Disney fans. But when you get into it, D23 is not an online community. No, it's more like a selling place, yes, a place of, to book tours. So you had another to, storefront. It's right? a marketing. It's, it's a marketing. A, so you had another storefront. Now his other his other question about you know are D twenty three events a way to gauge response? Oh hell yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder, and and maybe if we looked really into the detail of the announcement again, like word by word, um, if we all missed something, they said that D twenty three would be in California for four years, right? Correct. Okay. Now, if those were the exact words, I inferred from that. Four straight years. Every year they'd have an expo, right? That they would have an expo. Now, they skipped a year. It's almost going to be a year and a half, I think, before. No, no. A, a, a month shy of two years. Okay. So, it's a month shy of two years, yet they just had a little kind of meet and greet thing that just went on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, because of the park's 55th anniversary. Yeah. So, short of that, they really haven't done... Uh, you know, they haven't done the yearly thing. Now, did we misread that? Or did they actually say they were going to have four um, uh, conventions? Now, if they did, then you have to wonder what went wrong with the first one that made them rethink that. Did it cost them a lot more? Did people not buy enough? Uh, was there a lot of negative feedback that there wasn't enough to do? If I had to guess, I'd say not enough D23 members came from out of town to visit it. I mean, it wasn't what I would call overwhelming with people. You know, I went to Comic-Con. You could not hardly move. Now, Ryan, who used to be on Travelers with me, still works with the park, was telling me, I think they call it Blizzicon or for Blizzard. Blizzcon, yes. Blizzcon. He said the first time he went, similar to D23, a little smaller maybe in size as far as the space used. But now it's the full bottom floor and it's packed. So it took time to grow. Uh, now, it's funny that they wonder what my contact thinks. And I have talked to him about this because he knows the girl that uh, is in charge of running some of this. Oh, God, I'd love to be in the room and talk with her because he's asked me some questions. We've traded some, some thoughts. And he's had some of the same thoughts I did, you know. Uh, you're losing your opportunity, right? They, sure. The longer they go the more people forget about it. And you, then you log into their website. It's not really a place for a community to exchange ideas. It's a place to read what Dave Smith has to say. It's almost like taking the old magazine, Disney yeah. News magazine and putting it in to the web. And then, of course, they have the magazine. Now they have different memberships where you don't have to get the magazine as part of the membership, which really was the large cost of the, uh, of the membership. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's not really the community that I think a lot of the, uh, the communities – we're worried about that would put them out of business. So in some ways, you might say Disney's been friendly to the unofficial ones by not putting them out of business with their own forms, but they have offered stuff that the online communities cannot offer, tours, sure, special events, things of that nature. That draws all those online communities to come out and do something. Like Lou Mangiello came out and had some meets. Well, here's a funny thing is that, you know, you talk about uh, they could offer things that the, the unofficial ones can't. Have you seen some of those those things they offer? They cost like two hundred bucks. 
Well, some of them are, are expensive. Some of them sell out within minutes of it uh, yeah, being offered. Yeah, some of them are good deals. You know, uh, you get something for your money. You know, a tour, a backstage, uh, a little, you know, like a roped off private area to, you know, have snacks, whatnot. But really? 200 bucks? I, I don't know. I, I know. In a lot of ways, it's like also expanding on annual A-hole people. Right. What, what's an annual pass holder get beyond being able to come in X amount of days for the money he spent? Right. He's got he, he immediately ha- he or she immediately has a deal on his annual pass. No matter which level they pick, if they come enough time, they will get a great value. Sure, they get their money right? out of it. Yeah. What, yeah. But in addition, we'll have this little thing here or this little thing there, which usually you have to purchase. It's not free. doesn't come with it. It's an additional. So what is D23 beyond being an annual pass holder? Not a whole lot. There's a website. You can buy some exclusive merchandise, not unlike an annual pass holder, where you can buy exclusive merchandise. Um, oh, my gosh. You know, so okay. I, what, what? I just jumped onto the D23 website, right? I haven't been on it in right. a while because well, I'm not a member anymore either. Well, so. The, so, you know, the little scrolling picture thing across the top, the first thing is uh, Secretariat, right? It shows, you know, the word Secretariat and the front sure. the horse okay. head and the jockey, right? Well, down below is a picture of John Malkovich and Diane Lane standing in front of that poster, right? <laughs> but only three, four, five letters <laughs> are showing... What is it? Look, is it sec? And it comes close to spelling, you know, a non-politically correct term. No. Oh, I guess I'll have to. You'll have to go to it. Go to it (laughs) because it's a non. It's really it's not a politically correct term that it's almost spelling out there. You're just one letter short. Uh, Anyway. Uh, So it's d23.com for everybody yes. who wants to know. Well, d23.disney.go.com. Okay, but, wait, yeah. now I see secretary, so I need to click into Scroll that down. Or... No, just scroll down. Just keep scrolling. And you see D-Society. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm they, talking well, about, right? They, they didn't go full retail. No, they didn't. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, I, I, like, I had to double check, what the heck is that? Yeah, and then I funny. see, oh my gosh. <laughs> Whoever would crop yeah. that picture wasn't paying attention. So, you know, yeah. So they've added, let's see, Walt Disney Archives, Expo and Events, uh, you know, Disney Geek. Now, I haven't seen Disney Geek before. I don't remember seeing that one, but uh, it's... Yeah, that's know, a it's podcast. and you're watching. It's Pixie Dust stuff. It's it's a, their podcast? D23s, yeah. Download Disney Boutique. Geek Podcast. Who the heck is this lady? Boutique twenty three. Yeah, it's like you know, it's it's just an extension of the, their website too, with a lot more merchandise and some exclusivity. Blah blah blah. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lewis. She's Jennifer Lewis. Watching. Thanks. And they're probably every one of them's probably different. I don't know. It looks like they've got a guy that does it. I don't know. New Pixar Parade by yeah. All right, so yeah, this guy's full of pixie dust. So, uh, moving on back to our email. So, yeah, I really and believe me, some people at Disney want to know why Jim Hill was on a panel for an official event. That was that scuttlebutt was questioned quite a bit. Uh, so I don't know. The, okay, where did he where did he become? Uh, I don't want to say famous, but uh, where did he gain his notoriety? Isn't this the guy that would go to? Uh, well, he's uh, got his Jim Hill Media. He, yeah, he, uh, but didn't he? He's got a website. Wouldn't he? Wasn't he the guy that would go to the annual shareholder meetings? 
and gain microphone time and ask crazy questions? I, I don't know. I know he did the tours. He got busted at Disneyland uh, for collecting money for tours, got kicked out. Now, I, you know, I if it wasn't for the classes I'm taking in broadcasting and the whole libel and uh, slander thing, I would say some other things that I have heard <laughs> that would really make me question why Disney even associates with them. And maybe I'll mention it when we go off air. Okay. Um, there seems to be some questionable past with him, but he has gained, you know, um, some kind of notoriety. Notoriety, but what I noticed with um, his pocket, he went on with um, Nathan Rose. I don't know if he's still. I haven't listened to Nathan's show in a while because, quite frankly, I haven't listened to to any podcast um, since I got laid off. I think I went back and checked out one or two geek briefs just to see what they were up to. But when the last time I listened, because Nathan emailed me, asked me what I thought of his, his new partner versus his older partners, which one was uh, the Pixel Magic or Magic and Pixel guys, and I forgot who the girl was from. But uh, uh, Jim Hill seems to be all about name dropping, not unlike Dave O'Neill when I met yeah. him. Uh, the difference, though, with, with Jim is he has no problem name dropping when it works for him, but in other cases, he doesn't want to name drop, similar to what I was doing earlier, I guess, but he really makes use of that in his podcast and talks about all these power lunches he has and people he sees. You know, it almost makes me feel like he knows where the dining spots are close to the studio, close to Imaginary, where people oh. go to eat. Okay. And he sits and hangs out. That's what it kind of made me think. Well, he was sitting there and he saw these people, overheard, tried to talk to him. I don't know. I'm just I'm speculating. Well, but, you know, well, you I, know I crazier things have happened. You know, by just hanging I, out and waiting. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. He ended up being on a panel at Comic Con, and at the end, I was told that everybody was like, "Who the hell is this? How did he get on this panel? He will never be on a panel again." And then he was on the panel at D23, and I'm trying to remember if it was the El Grupo or the um, – I went to two – one of those – you know, the late night where they were showing the movies? Yeah. I went to two of them. I went to the El Grupo, which after seeing that, I'm glad I didn't go see it, but then I've been told by other people it's a great documentary, but that's not what I thought the film was about. Uh, and I, I, I'm mixing it up now. I'm not sure if he was at that one or the one for Darby O'Gill and the Little People. I had never seen Darby O'Gill and the Little People, to, to the best of my recollection, on the big screen like it was meant to be seen. So I was, I wanted to go see it. Uh, interestingly enough, it was still square. I forgot, <laughs> forgot it wasn't in widescreen. So um, that, that was a little odd to see. Uh, I can't remember. Well, I can remember the last time I saw a film in a theater that was uh, four by three was the reissue of Snow White about 15, 20 years ago. Wow. They had restored it. They showed it to Lincoln Theater, and they showed it in its original format, the 4x3. Do you, re- do you remember the joke that came out on Siskel and Niebert when they were talking about the restored version that was re-released? No. Where they were, uh, the a lot of the uh, movie theaters, because they didn't have the matting on the right and the left. The pillars, were, yeah. Well, yeah. They would so just that's go what ahead. they called it when it's vertical, it's pillars. Yeah. They would just uh, go ahead and expand the, the uh, shot to fill in the Academy format on the screen. And so <laughs> there were a lot of things that people were just flat out missing. And one of the ones that Roger Ebert was talking about was when she does, uh, when Snow White does this one song and she keeps looking up, people had no clue why she's looking up. Well, she's looking up at this bird, but because it's out of frame, because they're rematting it in the movie theaters rather than showing it in its three by four format. 
Yeah, uh, until this particular reissue when I was still working at the park, it had been reissued in Academy format a number of times. And they finally decided to restore it and reissue it in its original format. So, yeah, things weren't cut off that had been cut off before because of the way it was issued and the theaters were showing it. So it was interesting to see Darby O'Gill and the little people this way. And then we found out that we would know if our copy at home or if the new DVD release was the original version or a fixed version of it because there was some, I think, Gaelic in the original or one of the accents was too thick. So they went back and they took some of that out and fig- I don't remember the exact story and fixed some of it. So if, you know, Darbiel said a certain word or a certain phrase at this point, you know it's the original original, not the fixed version for huh. release. Uh, so, and, and now I'm mixing up. I, I want to say that uh, Jim Hill was at the El Gropo, El Gropo one. Just not positive, but I'm pretty sure that I'd have to go back and look at the D23 literature. Uh, but I think that was the, the one he was on. I think part of what's going on is D23 was, it's been kind of a battle that has been going on for years within the company. Um, start, and I, I want to push it all the way back to the days of um, Paul Pressler when you had uh, Al Lutz. I mean, Al Lutz and him were going at each other all the time. Uh, Paul Al was always going after Pressler on this, that, and the other thing, and Pressler was always trying to figure out where his sources were and would not give out any information and hated the internet and everything. Uh, I remember 10 years ago when I was in a uh, meeting up at the studios and there was a, not a large, but there was a very vocal part of the company that was trying to go out and embrace the internet and say we need to get into this at the same time you still had the more established part of the company that was uncertain about the internet uh this was during when they had discussions about um uh napster and some of the uh, things that are going out on the internet that were copyright in uh uh, copyright infringements and the company just still wasn't quite easy I think D23 was finally the, was supposed to be correct me if I'm wrong was supposed to be the outreach to get into the new media and I think the uh, uh, they were trying to reach out to people like Jim Hill and everything that were the quote unquote the outskirts trying to bring them in to try to include this whole new media thing but I think you still have a lot of concern in a lot of the established parts of the company that they don't have the controls of what is going out on the quote unquote new media like they would have on the established media that they've dealt with for decades and I think you still have this little they're not quite sure how to handle it and that's why you kind of have this more marketing thing than anything else on the D23. Well, all right. If D23 is supposed to reach out to new media, then they didn't tell anybody that was manning any of the, you know, booths, right? Whatever, not not the booths, right. but, you know, the, the expl- displays and exhibits. I mean, shoot, we went in there and, you know, I remember being fully impressed with the Hong Kong Disneyland, you know, expansion that they're doing, you know, the their version of the mansion and, and their, you know, uh, Grizzly River Run, you know, mixed with the... Uh, Country Bear Jamboree mixed with Expedition Everest, that attraction. And we were trying to get people to talk, and we were telling them we were recording, and they're like, uh, I don't think so. 
You know, well, I, yeah. I don't. I don't think D twenty three was meant to reach out to new media at all. Quite frankly, it was meant to reach out to the fan base and take back the control. I, I think that's the way I understood it. I mean, they made an announcement to a lot of the new media's, and of course, what was the discussion after we all heard that uh, recording? It's like, what's that going to mean to us? You know, if they start doing all this stuff, what? How, Will that enhance us? Will it take it away from us? And of course, you know, people who are thinking a little more long term, thinking that we still have stuff to offer that's different and something Disney won't do, you know. But also, you know, uh, Iger's supposed to be this new media techo guy that, you know, is willing and I've heard once to release films on DVD practically at the same time they're being released in the theater. So he seems to be very techy, but yet we haven't seen a lot of. Uh, what I would consider tech coming out of the company yet? Yeah, no, uh, it's not caught up. That's why. That's what I'm saying. It's you, you hear some of these. Like I said, the one I remember a couple of the, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, very uh, vocal uh, debates that went on. Those were ten years ago between uh, new media and established. You know, I don't want to say the established media, but what the their established norms have been compared to using new media and using internet and it was just a whole brave new world back then and I think you still have a little bit of that battle going on that you have one element that wants to really get out there and start trying to do some of it others that just aren't quite sure the lack of the controls or lack thereof one side wants to reach out and try grabbing people like Al Lutz and Jim Hill and try to bring them into the fold Uh, another side just says I, I don't think there's any any thought of outlets and uh, those guys being part of the fold no no I don't think so you know outlets and them would would love it but ain't gonna happen no I and yeah I think you might be a little misguided there with all good intents Richard but I I think those guys have um, you know written their um, path if you will and it's yeah. not going to be with Disney it's going to be the antithesis and and I think a lot of the new media in general that unfortunately has become their role though so many of one access and as much as you might want to think Lou Mangiello and some of these guys have access it's not what I would really call mainstream access it's it's still elevated it's still elevated it's, it's, over it's, it, oh no no I, I think it's elevated but I wouldn't say they're exactly in now, I haven't listened to Lou in a long time. I mean, he's got his books. Um, you know, I have no idea if they're doing well or well enough. Or, you know, I, I've really never discussed that with him when we've talked about, you know, stuff that we, we do. And it's really none of my business unless we became a little closer where I could, you know, expect to, you know, get some mentoring or something from him, if you will. But, uh, a lot of what I hear, you know, you get interviews with a lot of ex-people. I don't see, unless I'm missing something, because like I say I don't listen to the show, I don't see a lot of current people. Like, no one's getting access to I- Iger or the number two. Does anybody even know who the number two is anymore? <laughs> no. Richard, you should. But, you know, That's okay, a good question. But even the people that... I know, I, know, I know who the number two is with the uh, Parks and Recreation is uh, Tom, uh, Tom Staggs. 
Okay. He's he's the one that answers directly to Iger and everybody else. And is in charge of theme parks, right? I say that, yeah, that name sounds familiar. But you know what I'm saying? You know, the new media guys aren't getting that kind of access, but a lot of them are getting access to guys who used to be there. I mean, my one contact in the company would never go public. I mean, he'll he'll talk here and there, but there's most of it. You know, we it's not exactly like it's a, oh yeah go publish that please let everybody know i said that <laughs> uh, you know it's 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 a friendly relationship and things come up now and then and i have to you know um exercise some good judgment on what i say uh, and what i don't say now some of the ex guys that i've met you know not a lot of good judgment needs to be used because uh, you know they're free to talk about whatever they want Unless they have some non-disclosure agreement that is in place for a certain amount of years, which sometimes happens on executives when they leave, but um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're really embracing new media. I think they thought they would would replace some new media, but either no one inside understands what blogs are or how to set up uh, I, you, know, I, commu- you know community forums and stuff. I, 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 don't, I don't think. Know. I don't think Disney uh, really understands. The new media or the social networking uh, thing that's going on. You know, they they have the park blog, they have the Disneyland blog, they have the old Disney World blog. Okay, and they, that's right. They, they they have the blogs, but they don't really have a um, a blog. Doesn't. But, but it's three uh, or four people that are post to it, right? One. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really create communities now, per se. You get some of those people who just have to, you know, have to make a comment, right? But you don't have a community in forums. Carrying on things with a Disney moderator, making sure it's negative. Correct. You know, whatever but now, now they're trying, right? The Disneyland people, you know, they'll post on their blog, which goes out to Twitter, by the way. Um, I don't know about Facebook, but they'll say we're going to have a meetup inside California Adventure for yeah, Toy I've Story. Yeah, seen a few of those. I've you know, done it. So the first books. thirty people to email us will have this free event, and they did it for. Um, Toy Story, and they did it for what else? They just do it for recently. World of Color, and not only did they get to see World of Color, uh, you know, in the private VIP viewing area, but they got to talk to the show designer as well. That's cool. And, and that was not—you didn't have to be D twenty-three for that. You didn't have to do anything. You just had to be paying attention and catch when they announced it because it sold out in like three minutes. You know, because but they're only taking fifty people, and one person that went. You know, it was a guy who answered from, and he lives in Virginia or whatever. And, you know, he hopped on an airplane just to go do it because he could. That And that's pretty dedicated to uh, to do something like that? Yeah. And not everybody would, you know, find it, you know, within their means to, to do that. But that that's pretty cool. But and, and you have to, those are the kind of things you have to look at it every day. See, I don't wake up every day and think I've got to go to, see, that's a big difference, I think, for all of us here. We literally don't start our day like Tigger does, Tigger RPH, and hit every media outlet, every scanning for to Disney, s- yeah, yeah, to see what's going on. Uh, it's you know I have more going on in my life even when I was working, you know, than looking for a job or doing what. It's just I love Disney, I love most things about Disney, but I'm not that wrapped up in it. Um, and that's the big difference why, you know, people like Lou and I have nothing against those guys, even Ricky, you know, we make fun of these guys sometimes, but I'm not, I have nothing against what they're doing and they work hard at what they do. I mean, Ricky, you know, uh, he's got his magazine going, he's got a company that makes lanyards. He, you know, he, it's not an easy thing to put together. Now are all these guys, uh, socially 
all together? I don't think so. Some of these guys are social misfits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there are a certain amount of people that probably enjoy their kind of um, misfitness, you know, that some people are like that. And they, are they, they relatable? They can relate re- to them? They're relatable to each other, yeah. Uh, I know a lot of the, uh, the Disney people inside Disney react with a little bit of um, kind of standoff- standoffishness. And probably, or probably, in a lot like we did, Richard, when annual passes first came in, because there immediately became this entitlement thing. And with quite honestly, still deal with I it. still do. I still it's, it still does, and, and I see that in in the community a lot. There are some who, because they have been able to garnish a certain amount of notoriety in one way or another, celebrities, as some like to call them have made some a little big for their britches. Yeah. You think? Now, Who are you talking some, about? No, that you you could pick. There's a plethora of names you could go through. Now, the funny thing is there are some who think their britches are big or they're big for their britches, but they're really small potatoes, but they like to feel big and more power to them also. You know, I've got over a long time ago trying to be the guy that breaks the stories. Who cares? You know, it's just not going to happen. Well, I don't put that kind of time into it. If I if I wanted to and wanted to be that guy, I probably could. But it's not that much interest to me because I go through spells when I'm like, uh, who cares what's going on? Exactly. At I, you know, I or I'm what they or what they to, have going on doesn't interest me. Right, right. I'm going to go down to the. I went down to the pier the other day to do some video, and I got rained on on the pier. Luckily, I was somewhat prepared with a rainproof jacket to put over my cameras. Uh, you know, I have other things in my life that I enjoy. Some people literally don't do anything but Disney-related stuff. No vacations unless it's to a Disney property. I'm not that way. Nah, neither yeah, I. I like to go as much as I can. Don't get me wrong. But even I can go to Disneyland sometimes and thinking, why did I drive over here today? <laughs> you know? but, this, but this plays into, you, you know, know uh, uh, the level of DFness, right? That, or, or that, as he was, you know, people who mainline pixie dust versus someone who just, you know, enjoys it. And and so, uh, let's go back to the to an early an early question. Probably his first question is: Is everyone lumped together in the Disney community? Yeah, yes. I, think, I think they yeah. are. Um, there are some that you might say um, float to the top a little bit more. That probably draw more attention. And I think those are the people, I mean, I'll say Mice Chat, I think those are the people who immediately, I don't want to, I don't know if solely is the right word, but uh, raise an air of suspicion around a lot of the others, okay? And then you have some that are just extrovert personalities that scare people. <laughs> and people, you know, uh, people are people, but, uh, you know, I've seen a few at Mouse Fest, and I'm like, you know, we shake hands, we say hello, uh, you know, and, and I don't want to be mean, but, you know, you know you're not going to click with them, right? Um, sure. But, you know, so, all right, go ahead. Oh, I see. I can understand sometimes why you you hear some of the, I know this is going to sound egotistical, and I don't mean it this way. You can understand sometimes when you hear about, you know, movie stars getting in someone's, a paparazzi's face or a fan's face because there are types that just don't leave you alone follow you around the park or don't get you know that you're with somebody or you you're busy or you know you have to learn how to respect that time because it's someone else's time it's not yours um or they're just geeking out and don't know how to you know contain themselves yeah i think it happens to everybody um 
Uh, I mean, I remember as a kid, David Ray was the um, field goal kicker for the Rams. He moved in down at the end of the street, uh, on my street. And I'm like, oh, this is bitching, you know. Well, I didn't use the word that word in those days, but um, yeah. it's probably, that's cool. No, I was even cool in. What was the word back in the 70s? I don't know, but... Bitchin' Basso, awesome. It could have been Basso. Okay, yeah, we, we get the point, though, right? Dynamite. <laughs> it, it took me a it took me a long time to work up the courage to go knock on the door, and I finally did. Uh, knock, 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 knock. He answers the door, is watching. You know, oh, you know, can I get an autograph? He was nice. You know, he had a stack of his eight by ten glossies ready. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he came back in a few minutes and signed one. You, you, and you got to think. You probably got to be, you know, it sounds, again, egotistical, but these guys probably are prepared. And they know what's going to happen in a neighborhood or it's good. And they have some sitting somewhere. They, you know, I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, it's yeah. only good for your reputation. To, uh, it's not going to be, oh, sorry, I, I can't find uh, signed FLIR cards. I'm only a tops guy, you know. Uh. They can't, you know, uh, those, of course, those days weren't uh, weren't around yet. Uh, well, you know, it, okay, <laughs> so. well, there's a certain amount of adjustment or, or, uh, uh, Mental—I don't want to say toughness, but preparedness—that helps people deal with that, right? You know, yeah. You, you I, know, I, you've been caught off guard in the park, haven't you? I've had people come up to me. Are you Greg? No, I have not. Uh, I'm, <laughs> but I, then I, again, I, I'm not. I, I wasn't going there. Yeah, it's happened all. with Karen with me, and she's like, "That was weird." And she she's totally not used to that. And I, I got you know I got kind of used to it because especially at Mouse Fest because you know you're going to bounce into people. Yes. You're all wearing lanyards that said you're worth Mouse Fest and and all that. So um, people that recognize your voice uh, when they're standing in a big group, um, kind of hovering to the back, you know those kind of things. Uh, so we've had we've had this type of discussion before when you were really getting on my case once because a guy said I was kind of once. Uh, once? Once, yes, where a guy wrote back to you and said I was really stuck up standoffish. It's like, no, I, I'm sorry. When he's when he's you know trying to get my attention, and everything. I was in the middle of dealing with a paramedic run on Tom Sawyer's Island. Um, so you know, I'm sorry. I just can't talk right now. Hi, how you doing? Goodbye. I, you know, I had other things that my mind was working on, and I'm listening to all the radio chatter. It's it's so, hard, but you know, there's also well, okay. We, we all we all know we all know it, Shaft can't. We all know Shaft can't. Uh, you know, balance. Well, I'll say multitask, but you know, radio chatter completely no, takes he, his attention. He cannot talk when the radio's talking. Yeah, even, he, if, even if the radio communication is not directed at him, you have to be quiet. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. We're getting at school because we do a uh, newscast two times a week. We're getting, we don't have them yet, but we're getting the little uh, earphones that you wear. So, you know, the director can it's talk stretch, here. Stretch, stretch, wrap and it up. We have, we have, system. Yeah, we have floor directors, you know, who have the hand signals. We have a head co- headphone system, but we just don't have the one for the talent yet. And I'm waiting to see oh, how that goes. IFBs. I'm waiting to see how that's going to go because I'm getting really good at a prompter. And uh, for whatever reason, I'm tending to gravitate more towards the on-air, which I didn't really want to be. But a lot of the others are too scared, whatever. They don't want to be on on um, on air. So I don't mind doing it. I was scared shitless the first time. Thought, what if I, you know, trip all over this, uh, you know, teleprompter thing? You don't, you don't have any IFBs out there? Because that because anytime I did a show, that's almost because. You're listening to other things that are coming in from the director, and you're also listening to programming notes. Don't you? Don't have anything where you're cutting off to a video or something like that. 
uh, I just said the we have floor, floor director does that with hand signs. And, yeah, hand signals. It's pretty standard, but we don't have the the earphones yet. But they're or the little earplugs. They're coming soon. They're actually uh, getting work done right now to be put into the system. So a whole new system comes online at once rather than piecemeal it. But we have a prompter, and sometimes in the prompter we'll say, you know, your, your lines are cut to a commercial. You know, so you need to you need to to throw it to the commercial. You need to throw it to the guy in the field. So a lot of that's in the prompter. Plus, the floor director is getting directions on his headphone, giving us hand signals. So uh, we're doing it currently without them, but we'll add that whole new dimension in. But the other day, I was on a, a shoot at the uh, Pomona Fair. and some, uh, I'm trying to keep up with my people, and somebody stopped me about my camera. And I'm trying to be nice, but standoffish. Going, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm on a shoot here. i got to keep up, you know. Well, we, we, what kind of camera should we buy? I'm like... To go look at Sony's and Canons, okay? I'm I'm really busy right now. <laughs> Sony's uh, and Canons. They're like, well, we like your. Do you like yours? I'm like, yes, but they don't make it anymore. Sony's. Uh, go look, go look at Sony's and Canons. So, anyways, the um, I was you know trying to, and then they turned around like, where are you? You know, it, it was one of those times, and I think they were an Asian. Well, I know they were Asian, but I, I think they were an Asian crew, unescorted, and. Pomona, the L.A. County Fair is anal about escorts for uh, press. Everybody no. in L.A. County is that way. Why, why is the L.A. County Fair anal about uh, They just are. No, okay. Absolutely no tripods. Um, and you had to be with an escort at all times. So if you announce yourself and you say, hey, I want to come and do this, oh, more than happy to set up a time, but they will escort you everywhere you go. That's fine. Then that's the escort's job to keep the looky-loos away, right? Well, it wasn't a looky-loose so much as I think it was an unescorted Asian group, which Richard knows what I mean because he runs into these all the time that don't check in with the proper people. And it's, I think it's just a cultural thing that, you know, they just assume that they can come in and, and do their thing. Yeah. Uh, so going back, uh, yes, everybody's kind of lumped in. Um, I don't know if um, I hold a, a, a disdain for, you know, the, the ones that are over pixie dust or whatever. I just don't necessarily go for those shows you know I, I think Lou does a great show it's just it's almost too high for me and I, I really think he's got to the point where you know this has been some other review movie reviewers have been uh, and not just in the Disney world but in general have been considered shills because they don't say negative things and it's all that like truth not truth in advertising thing but they're they were starting to say that you need to disclose if you were receiving things free let's say from paramount oh that guy never says anything bad about goodies. Him. So, and i have heard that accusation made at some free weeks, yeah goodies know, so, and box before um but you know all right sorry anyway we're are we recording again? Yes, yes, back okay. on. But you, uh, uh, we mentioned, I, I think I went in there once when I'd been back for the third or fourth time after Pirate Tree opened and it kept breaking down. And I didn't go in and complain. I just say, you know, man, I keep coming back. You know, it's just not, not like I live a long ways away. But, you know, at some point, it seems like you could offer something better than sorry, you know. Or, you know. And they were real nice about it. And I, like I say, I didn't bitch. I mean, I've gone to places and bitch before. Disneyland is not one of them. Other than I'm getting a little tired of being harassed, harassed uh, by <laughs> everybody that with a different opinion. Harassed. <laughs> Har- harassed. I was telling Shaft the other night on. I don't know if I told you this, Mike. I was I was in the park with the Esquire, 
and I was uh, with my Canon, Canon 5D Mark II doing high-def 1080p video of the exterior of uh, Space Mountain on the little, you know, uh, yes. movie show going there, the special effects, whatever you want to call it. And I had it, had it on a tripod, and when I was wrapping up my tripod work, packing it up, it's just this real small, lightweight one. It goes down to probably about 18 inches, maybe, when it's fully compressed, maybe not even that long. A uh, little Manfrotto thing, really light. And the, this little kind of roundish, short, I don't know, he might be average by, uh, you know, world standards, but short to me. The security guard, and I want to say he's his little thing said he was South County, um, uh, you know, where they say they're from. But he starts going and says, uh, you know, sir, uh, it's okay if you use a tripod, uh, but if someone should trip and fall, you will be financially responsible for that person's injuries. Oh, what? That's a bunch and, of crap. And I said, excuse me? I said, I said, when did this start? Well, it's been going on for a little while now. I said, really? I said, no, I used to work here in security. I worked here for about nine years. Now, I didn't say how long ago it was. I didn't give him that part. Well, yeah, because yes, that's, you know, that's not important to the conversation. No, no, no. I want to leave that detail out because things could have changed in that amount of time, right? But, you know, I'm, no, I'm like, really? I said, I know, you know, I know some, some of the security guys in the daytime, and they've never told me this. And, oh, yes, this is a new, you know, new thing. And then he started something about professional equipment. I'm like, well, what makes it professional? And he, the only thing he got right was what, how you use it, you know, whether or not uh, you're being paid for it. That's really, you know, uh, though you see that in, let's say, the Panasonic website, professional cameras. There's nothing professional about that camera unless you get paid for the work you're doing with it. Otherwise, you just have a really expensive camera. Uh, now, professional-level cameras usually have features that lower-end ones don't, but in theory, once you get paid, that makes you you're professional. You're professional, correct. I could be a professional iPhone camera person. I mean, if you really wanted to do that kind of stuff, if you got paid for it, that would make you a professional, right? Correct. Uh, but anyway, so I was a little put out because now, okay, now I've been told, you know, my flash is uh, too fancy. Fancy was the word the old hag used. My lens was too long. I'm like, thanks for noticing. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've been told about every story, and no two people can tell you the same story. And what security is telling you versus what bag check hags and um, guys tell you, you know, it's like you, I, I, it would be impossible to get the same story twice. One day a girl asked me, is that professional equipment? I said yes and kept walking. <laughs> her, her, her jaw dropped and she started to say something and I just kept uh, going. You, you know, that's, that's not, it's the non-unified theory of dealing with whatever. Yeah, right, there's well, no standardization. I, I, I doubt anybody gets trained. I think some are just a little overzealous. You hear a slight little thing in conversation about, you know, we don't allow professionals to take pictures. And then their mind works a little further, and they put their own spin on what they think professional is. Or someone said once, man, I wish people didn't carry those long lenses. Why do people need those white fluorite lenses in the park? Because I've even heard Richard say that. Why should anybody need one of those? Well, because I can afford it, and I want to. That's why. <laughs> um, and not all the fluorite lenses are white. Um, they're new HD cameras uh, and video. They're like the old XL or uh, GL, which were white with the fluorite lenses. The new HD ones are black and fluorite lenses. But anyways, you know, it's if I can afford it, and that's my, you know, the way I take my snapshots, 
you know, it's your, what, if it's it, your hobby, it's my business, you know, how I use it. Uh, now, I don't see myself bringing in a Sony DSR 300 in the park, you know, with all these, you know, two XL connectors and the big, uh, you know, DV tapes. I mean, that looks like I'm out there for a shoot, you know. But if I'm bringing in something reasonable, like a 35 millimeter digital SLR, I, I, I feel like I'm getting harassed for no real reason. In fact, even the Esquire started saying, you know, I think I might be putting words into to Matt's mouth, but I think our conversation went something like, you know, I think your liability ended when you walked in and they didn't tell you you couldn't walk in with that. Yeah. And they didn't stop you as soon as you set it up. Exactly. That's probably when their liability... Since he told me he'd been standing there watching me, because he says, I noticed you stayed close to it. You made sure nobody, you know, tripped on it. Liability's pretty much gone there, I yeah. think, on my part. So, uh, just out of curiosity, you, you, you grabbed all the cycles of the projections on... I believe basically. I grabbed them all, yeah. All right. I, we stood there. I don't. Know, we stood there a long time. Interesting enough, though, their their little photo shoot uh, girl who was uh, I kind of moved into her spot when she pulled away. She had these c- cool little. Uh, they're like little half domes, and they had little LED lights around. I saw the that. Perimeter, and they have their the, tripod sitting. They kind of hang down. Each leg had one, so you you could kind of see it. You know. Yeah. You notice a lot of people walk with their head down. They're not really looking where they're going. And and for small kids and stuff, that would be nice. Uh, but anyway, so I, I you know I've been harassed once again over my equipment, and it's really getting. Um, okay, so you've learned to say Harris instead of harass. No, what, I no, it's it's. What, I've said it off and on for a he, long he's, time. He's trying to be a Brit. What, what other? Most, no, no actually, that's not. That's it, actually the correct way to say it. It is. Uh, yeah, most broadcasts say uh, harassed. Uh, they what, should be. That is the correct. What's the other? What's the other one that? There's another word that people say wrong a lot. That, I haven't. That, uh, I haven't taken the lawyer. vocal coaching the, class. The broadcasting yeah. school should break you of, huh? What'd you say, Richard? Well, I said besides oh. foyer. Flair. No foyer. Foyer. It's a oh. foyer. Yeah, well, that's foyer. a French word. Yeah. I'm talking about an English word. There like is, a, there is a uh, vocal uh, coaching class that I have not taken yet. It's, it's like an extra class you can take. It's mostly for radio, but the broadcast, uh, TV broadcast people can take it too. And one of the girls took it and. She had this like long list. She goes, "Okay, how do you think you pronounce that?" I was probably fifty-fifty on all these words. I'm like, "Really? That that's the way you're supposed to say did, that one?" Did the word but advertisement come up? It it might have. Okay. I don't remember. I mean, it's a couple months ago when uh, she showed me this list. So I've been thinking about taking it. Um, but even I, weekly when we do critiques on the show, that you know the instructor will get on us uh, for making sure we finish these words because yeah, I think I've mentioned before I'm the only kind of pale person in the class <laughs> yes and there are cultural diction issues <laughs> that's the only way i can kind of put it where certain cultures like drop letters um uh pronounce different a little differently and that one you know he was getting on one because she was hispanic so we got in an argument about she didn't like white guys and tried to explain the whole european connection to her heritage but yes we talked we, about, we talked that, about that one but she would say l you know he would he would emphasize that we're in an english market english speaking market it is l a but ask your wife to say l a now she's a little more um Coconut, Americanized. Coconut's the term we use. Coconut. 
looking at they were like that's the first time I've heard that right um, brown on the outside white on the inside it's, yeah. it's like well, like a banana right yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> But she said L.A. more like L.A. Uh, a, that was breakatmicecast.com. Anyway, I can't left out of it. I can't say it the way she does, but it, it had a very ethnic tone to it, uh-huh. and we were, we were trying to, you know, and and a lot of that comes up sometimes where they might say it might the word might be burnt, but all you hear is kind of burn, and they they don't get the. T- into it or a D's are dropped sometimes and he said you got to make sure you emphasize these things and because it can easily be mistaken for something else you know when you, <laughs> we can you know. get in the holy bodings thing right oh uh, yeah yeah very funny <laughs> uh but any anyways so uh, let's see anything else we really need to cover on this particular email i think we, uh, i don't think so i think, I think we, we pretty covered much. it to death Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, and he's right. There are there are a pod there are podcasts for everybody, and not everybody's. Yeah, that's a, that's one. Of the, yeah, he 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 did a, he did almost answer his own question at one point, where uh, there's well, different flavors kind of, and you know yeah. different strokes for different folks. And he's speaking yeah. rhetorically, I think he he, he kind of know you know I I do say some of those are too fixy does, but some people do like that. It's just not my thing. Now that's not to say that there hasn't been days where. Hey, that's not bad to just hear some upbeat stuff, right? You know, it's, so there's, um, but you know, in broadcasting, you know why upbeat doesn't uh, isn't usually news because it doesn't sell. No, think of it. Think of it deeper than that. You know, I always use the term if it bleeds, it leads. And believe it or not, a lot of the kids have not heard that term. Um, is okay. Okay, wait, wait. All right, so let me see if I can. All right, so it's not. That it doesn't sell, right? So it's deeper than that. Then there's empathy issues. Well, no, no okay, think of it this way: what if you have, if you try to think about what the definition of news is? Okay. okay. What what is news? And I told, hey, I've heard this thing about news is actually the four letters of North, East, East West, South. South. Yes. That's, that's, he laughed at that. No, no, that's not it. Um, is crime up or is crime down? I don't know the answer to that question. Crime is technically down. Okay. It doesn't, you know, the reason something is talked about is because, he, well, let me put it this way. He says, if crime was the norm and it wasn't talked about in the news, you should be worried. Not everybody gets gunned down every day. Not a, a, an airplane doesn't crash every day. A thirty-car pileup in the fog doesn't happen every, every day. It's new. Correct. It, okay. It's news. If those things happened every day, it would be time to worry. Okay. Now, babies are born every day. People die of natural causes every day. You know, those aren't as newsworthy unless they're around some um, celebrity or celebrity, maybe because it's really not new, right? So, uh, most of the time, they, they, and I, I've thought this for a long time because, you know, Karen's all paranoid. Oh, you don't want the kids shouldn't ride down the street or shouldn't go over here. I'm thinking, I grew up just like riding down to the park or whatever. Well, so you might get snatched. Okay, don't you know the percentages are you get snatched by somebody you know? I mean, it's a yeah, high percentage. Except, except this last week. Okay. Two, two, two separate incidents of this freaking random dude grabbing kids off the street. But you know how, I mean, the possibility of that is so minute. Well, yeah, do yeah. you want yours to be that one percentage? No, hell you know? no, hell no. You, yeah. You've been with those arguments, I'm sure, with the old lady. Um, uh, or young lady. Yeah, I forgot you're much older than her. <coughs> Richard, too, I think. But, Robin uh, the cradle. That's right. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> see, at this distance is not so much, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we'll both be in our 40s. <laughs> so if you're both in the same decade, is it really robbing the cradle? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you kind of you kind of get where I'm going, but the, and part of the reason I always say to Karen is like you know we have instant access to this stuff now. That doesn't mean it's happening more or certain crimes are up or down. You just know it right away. You know, most of the time, you know, when we were kids, you didn't know it till the next day or in the paper the next day. You the late news might have caught it, but there was so much production time to get a lot of that stuff on the news. Uh, you, you didn't have as much breaking in. I, I remember when we had the big earthquake in '71. Um, yeah. It was it was excruciating. I think for to get some of this broadcast on the air. I mean, I forget, Paul Snyder was sitting out in the parking lot. Uh, I think it was. He didn't want to be in the studio. And well, what's funny is you know they they break in on regular scheduled programming and tell you, yes, you just felt an earthquake. Thank you. I, yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so it's kind of on those lines. You you don't talk about something that happens every day. Now, there are human interest stories, and all, but it's not necessarily considered news. News is stuff that doesn't happen every day. It's new is the way he's twisting it or uh, portraying it in his teaching. And it, to me, it makes sense. Well, because that's good. It isn't, so. That's good because, you know. It's good it, that it's making sense. If it didn't, then you'll, you'd be paying for no, yeah, well, that and, and if it's not, you know, it's like typical school. You got to kind of please the professor to get your good grades, right? Yeah. Uh, but but it does make a certain amount of sense to me. And uh, there are sometimes he'll say things like, "I've got issues with the whole, you know, First Amendment," but yet in broadcasting you don't say certain things because it could leave you liable. Because it's not that you have the bully pulpit that's reserved for politicians, but you have a I'd say a professional responsibility, maybe, um, uh, because people make huge assumptions, which shows you how dumb people are sometimes, that since you said it on TV, it must be true. They say yep. there are statistics that show many people believe comedy to be true. And I said, i.e., uh, Saturday Night Live during any election cycle where they – <laughs> and Pin, like with well, Sarah Palin, you cannot tell me that they weren't intentionally trying to ruin her. She was an idiot for going on the show. Some shows make no bones about it. And unfortunately, some people start believing the stereotype the and, and the comedy is being true. So the responsibility of the, and I don't want to say journalists because a lot of news is not journalists. It's re- In fact, BBC makes this distinction, or a lot of uh, European news. And reading your news tonight, will be or is they're news readers they're not you know, journalists yeah we we have talking heads you know that i mean yeah. a lot well, of them aren't doing their own research either and throwing their personal opinions on top of it and that's hard to write and not because i want to do that a lot and i don't I, I hold back just the news just the facts just the information i'm not going to make up your mind for you and if you call remember the guy the bomber dude um what? at the atlanta olympics Oh, yeah, the security guard. That and he fu- ended up, he, he was not. And he yeah, sued, and he won big. So they were liable. So you have to watch, you know, that's why they always use the ledge. I know John and Ken always laugh. Why would we have to say alleged? Or, you know, it, we know the guy did it. And, you know, the, the, the cop pulled him over because he saw him do something. But he's alleged to done that because he hasn't had his time in court. Correct. I'm like, what about the court of public opinion? Uh, don't mix up First Amendment rights with broadcasting here because, yes, you know, you can say things, but you're also in a, a position of power and authority being on TV 
And well, you have it, to be careful about what you say because you could be liable. You know, you could slander. You could do all this stuff. So I sometimes I have a hard time with that because I want to be able to say what I want. But that's for cable. Yeah. That's for uh, new media online where they don't have the same rules as broadcast. But when you're broadcasting. Why is that? Because you're licensing the airways from the federal government. Right. Correct. And cable's not licensing crap. Correct. Right. It's 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 a fine it's a finite spectrum that it you is have, a, and, a and, very and finite. And you and it's supposed to be quote unquote within the public interest. So yeah, you have a different set of rules. That's why there's you know so many hours of children's programming and a television network is supposed to provide. Well, not some of that went away in the eighties with the deregulations. For instance, well, you, know, you had to give if you did a story about uh it's say the Republicans, you have to give equal time to the Democrat. You don't have to do that anymore. A lot of that is gone, but you're still licensing the airways. Oh, and the other thing is you had to provide an X amount of news. So news was a lost leader. You had to do it for your license. And that was in the public interest. That was that in public sure. interest. Sure. But you don't have to do that anymore. That's why you, that's also why now you have our commercials or info infomercials. Yeah, but why do, in the why old do days, you could only do a 30 second commercial? Now you can do a minute, a two. Oh, we can do a whole half hour. Okay, so if news is a lost leader, okay. No, what? I'm just saying it was, it was, it was intended, it was a public interest that, you had to do to be licensed as a broadcaster. Okay, yes. So when it's not required anymore, why do they still do it? Uh, because now it's a moneymaker. Yeah. <laughs> For who? Okay. For the local affiliate, right? Because uh, we're right. selling advertising. Well, okay, and, Let's. but let's talk about... Well, why are we talking about this? Let's get back to Disney. Uh, well, I was going to say... I'm sorry, I went off a big tangent... Um, well, uh, okay. Little, if you want to go down, you go ahead and say what you say. I no, shouldn't I, stop you. I said my piece. If no, you want to, I, I was just going to say that, um, you know, when you get into you know the prime time segments of television broadcast where the network is providing your content, who's selling the advertising? Right, local. There's, local is some of it, but and some of it's national. also national, right? So the the network gets the national money, local gets the local money. Make sense? Well, I'm sure there's some shared money too in in that uh, national one. Okay, but, but who? Okay, who who licensed? I, I'm guessing. I don't know. But who licensed the spectrum? The local guy is paying the license to the FCC, not the national. K- well, your K- locally licensed. KABC Los Angeles or KABC DT paid the federal government to be able to put that tower up on Mount Wilson and beam crap down on all of us. Right. Well, you, you also got to remember you have. You have See how locals, I kept it Disney there, by the way? Yeah. You have locals that are not affiliates, and then you have affiliates, too, remember? So uh, some I'm, are I'm directly just, owned by the national. And then, national, and then, you, have, some then you have the network owned. Yeah. Okay, so, so I, yes. I, I K, see what, K, I see K, what you're KBC, saying. You're right. KBC Los Angeles is owned by the network, right? It's owned by, by ABC, right? But, you know... WN, WNYS or whatever out in you know the middle of New York State is a local affiliate that just pays. All right. right. Or subscribes to whatever network they want to and puts their yeah. programming on the air. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So, how are we doing on time for the show? Well, one hour 35. So, we can, you know, wrap it anytime we want. All right. Let's wrap this one. So, and, so uh, we'll just mention that we're we're not on any of those spectrums. So, we can say whatever we damn well please. Yeah, well, we're not offending anybody. One. 
five people are listening, maybe six, so who cares? <laughs> and the people we are offending probably don't listen anyway, so... Yeah, uh, that's yeah. right, so they're, they're not being offended. So and and most tr- of those people think we're we're such a small potato, no one's listening the anyways. Whole, it's the so whole tree. Right. The, tree yeah. the tree falls in a forest thing, right? Right. The, does the water ripple when a duck parts? I don't know. <laughs> All, all right. right, all right. So, all right. I'll say, I'll say good night. All right, good night. Good night.